Hey, it's Mel and Maddie, and this is Matter of Fact. Just two best friends dabbling in speaking with superficial knowledge on our subjects. In other words, smattering of facts. We made it. We made it. Oh my gosh. We made it through the intro. Take two. Ooh, and we're through the intro. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, so prior to hopping on today, I went to DQ. Good old Dairy Queen. What did you get? I, oh, I had a small Reese's Blizzard, but I got it for free because i have like one of those little punch cards with them and apparently i go there enough that i filled it out already nice so but and you ate it already that was quick yeah i ate it driving back not the whole thing and then i ate it while rory was eating dinner nice um and my roommate texted me she was like are you still there and i was like yeah she's like can you get me this thing i'll pay you back and so i got her something too nice it's a little dairy queen party in in my apartment today I wish we had a Dairy Queen. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think we do. Not we do. close to you, probably. There used to be one in the mall, and then it went out, I think, so. So sad. I love Dairy Queen so much. It's so bad and so much. And I always get the same thing. The Reese's <laughs> Blizzard. But it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And today... Um, you'll you'll know what I'm what topic I'm talking about when I tell you this story, but I guess everyone else knows what the topic is already too. But um, <clears throat> I got my library card today, and my new license with my updated address came in the mail, which came in handy for getting my library card. Um, but I went through an ordeal to go to the library to check out these books for today's episode because I went to a different like. It's literally you actually got same, books? Yeah. It's in like the <laughs> same area, like the, the two towns. And they were like, well, are you a resident of this town? What is that? What? What is that sound? What sound? Something's playing on my computer. Oh, now I hear it. <laughs> is that my computer? Just mute the tab or whatever. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> that was really weird. You heard that? So you got... Oh yeah. my gosh, now I can't hear you. Oh my gosh. Wait. What are you what is happening? <laughs> I muted my computer and I was like, this is fine. No, mute the is it a website? I don't know. Quit everything except for like what you need. What ad is playing? Oh, what? Hello? Stop playing. I need this page. We need elevator music. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. You but... got a library card and there was some... Right. Okay. That's... You didn't tell us at all how you got the library card. So. <laughs> so there are like two towns. We'll call it City 1 and City 2. That are like ingrained within each other. Yeah. And so I went to City 1's place and they were like, do you live in City 1? And I was like, no, I live in City 2. And they're like, well, you have to have residence in City 1 to get a library card. But they're like basically the same city. Yes. And so I was like, okay. Um, I was under the impression that, like, I wouldn't have to go to, like, a separate one because they're in, like, the same, like, system. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yes, they're in the same system, but you have to go to your, your home library to get a card. And she's like, but then you can come here and get a card here if you want to, a membership here. And I was like, are you kidding me? So this was last week. That they would not let me get a card in City 1. So I had to go to my city, City 2's library to get a card. And it worked out. But I was like, that's ridiculous that I can, like, they're part of the same system. I can have a membership at the other library, but I have to start out at the other library first. I was like, why? That is so funny that you're talking about libraries being difficult because I also have a very similar... (laughs) thing that's happening to me right now i am reading this like book series 
Oh my gosh. I've been like obsessed. And I'm on I'm on the third book. And um (laughs) first of all, the way that I got this third book is it wouldn't come me fast enough by being on hold so I found out that one book was available at a library half an hour away it's like in the same system as mine so I literally drove half an hour to get the book and drove back now the fourth book is like even worse like I'm never going to be able to get it and so I literally was like what do I do like I don't want to like buy it buy the book (laughs) it's literally just like the middle of the series and I I was like, there has to be, like, other libraries around here. So there is, like, a city library. And now that I live in the city, yes, yeah. I can. So I literally was, like, and they have it available at, like, three of those libraries. And so I'm literally, so ridiculous. like, <laughs> I'm going to, like, get another library card for the other library just, just so, so I can, can get this book. book. <laughs> You're yeah. such nerds. I like, was like, literally. she was gonna. She was like, "So are you are you gonna get a book today?" And I was like, "Yep." And she was like, "Can I help direct you towards it?" And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, is this for like students or something?" And I was like, "Yes." She was like, "How old are they?" And I was like, "Elementary and middle school." I was like, "I guess technically, like the students that I like teach dance to are like in that age." And she's yeah. Like, is it for like? Is it like? She's like, oh, I thought like grade, like, you know, like, are you a school teacher? And I was like, no, it's an after school. <laughs> I was, I could, didn't, I could not bring myself to tell her it was for my podcast. Oh my goodness. Um, I didn't want to open that can. Of- I'm very proud of the podcast. So I just didn't want to open that can of words. When yeah. I first, like, met and I'm the like, library. they're like, what is it about? And you're like, yeah. everything. And- it's a smattering yeah. of facts. Yeah. But like, is that like super like desperate and pathetic to like literally like, get a library card from a whole new library just to like get one book (laughs) sure no but do you have to pay for it i don't know i well i tried applying online but my license on the front still has the old address that's not in the city (laughs) and then they only let you upload one file so i couldn't upload the back that has like the sticker with my new address on it that would work so i have to like go in and like show them like hey i actually do live here now (laughs) and they also want like proof of like residence like i have to bring in like oh i had to show them like a piece of yeah like a piece of mail or something yeah yeah so so exclusive wow we're (laughs) pretty sure like pretty sure like the other um, and i was like I was like, do I have to pay for this? Because I know at the one that we went to, like when we were kids, the one that you still go to regularly, you had to pay like three or six dollars a year or every three years or something for your membership. I think it's free now, but yeah. Oh, is it free now? That's good. But I don't even I was think like, they like charge you to pay you for something. Over- and she was like, no. She was like, we don't even do over, over like overdue book fees. And I was like, yeah, I think a lot of people stopped that because wow. of COVID and they still haven't brought it back. So yeah. Well, but that's also a reason why I'm not getting my books is because it'll say like when it's due and like there's like a bunch of them due that were due in like December. So like, yeah, hurry, and hurry up and read not... the stupid book and bring it back. Yes, and some of us <laughs> want to read about vampires and dragons and, and, witches, dragons and witches and the first book was called Gargoyles. Gargoyles. <laughs> it's about vampires. But she <laughs> and gargoyles, okay, and literally all the paranormal. Okay. Well, today we are talking about <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh yeah. Okay. I like was yeah. I remembered her the Instagram poll, which again was a fifty fifty split, and so I was like, this is very rude. Um, it's and hilarious. so we're doing Ripley's Believe It or Not. But then at the end, I have a little fun facts from the Guinness World Record book. Oh, okay. A little bit of both? Yep. A little smattering of both? A little, little, little smattering. So before we dive into, like, reading some of, like, the stuff, we're going to um, we're gonna learn a little bit about Ripley's Believe It or Not. 
True. What's the origin story? Yeah, I know. So this is like not the full origin story, but it's kind of like the origin story through like a list of fun facts. Okay. Okay. And I got it from mentalfloss.com. So like literally all this information. I'm going to read from <laughs> mentalfloss.com. Okay. <laughs> um. So uh, the idea was conceived in 1918 by Robert Ripley. That's over a um, hundred years ago. Yeah. And he was a cartoonist. Um, and it was originally a newspaper like cartoon strip. Um what? And it was like to show off the world's hidden wonders that held up to scrutiny. Well, like how many straws you can fit in your face? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> more Guinness World Record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um but so <laughs> We'll get to that. Don't Sorry. worry. Um, so at one point, 80 million people read Ripley's strip. It's just hard to say Ripley's strip. 80 million? Yeah. Um, and it was like a part of 360 newspapers around the world. And nowadays, it's a whole franchise, which I did not know. I thought it was just the books. But it is television series and specials, museums, books, and aquariums whoa yeah ripley what a legacy yeah um yeah so ripley's believe it or not was originally titled champs and chumps <laughs> um no one could see my little head bubble but there was a head bubble um so robert ripley was born in 1890 and grew up in santa rosa california and he knew that he wanted to be an artist um so he would send cartoons to his school newspaper and yearbook. Um, and in 1908, when he was 18, he made his first professional sale to Life magazine. Mm. And then in 1909, he moved to San Francisco, where he got a job as a sports cartoonist for a local newspaper. Or for local newspapers. Sports um, cartoonist. Yeah. So then he headed to New York eventually and took a job at the New York Globe, where his sports cartoons received both local and national attention. Was it like illustrations to go along with like the stories or whatever? Or? Yeah. So on like a slow sports news day, Ripley decided to just like doodle basically. And he made an illustration of unusual human feats that he had read about. Um, including a man who held his breast for over six minutes, and he called it Champs and Chumps. Um, so in 1919, he like came back to the idea again, and then once more again in 1920 with a new name, Believe It or Not. Oh. Um, and the Globe sent him on trips to the 1920 Olympic Games in Antwerp, um, which is probably not how you say that. Um, as well as like other places around the world and the, the strip later was called ripley's ramble round the world ripley's randall ramble nope ripley's rambles round the world um in that's 19... not that doesn't flow off the tongue as no. easily no it does all. not <laughs> uh in 1926 he was working at the new york evening post when he decided to resurrect the strip and this time it stuck around. Readers became fanatical about Ripley's odd collection of arcane facts. Um, and both like the strip and the author grew into worldwide sensations. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the second fun fact is that most of Robert Ripley's facts were discovered by one man in New York. So he had a reputation as a globetrotter. Um but many of the facts presented in Ripley's Believe It or Not were the result of his expeditions and of one man coming through the books in the New York Public Library. Um, in 1923, Ripley met Norbert Pearl Roth while searching for someone who could read articles and journals in foreign languages. Um, and Pearl Roth, who was fluent in 14 languages. What? Yeah. He I have spent, enough time speaking one language. He spent like seven days a week at the library excavating details for Ripley to use um, and information he could take wow. with him on his fact-finding mission. 
Um, and he was so relentless that the library officials sometimes had to ask him to leave at closing time. So talk about, you know, libraries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Pearl, Pearl Roth worked for Ripley's brand as its sole researcher for an astounding 52 years. He was the only one researching for 52 years. What? <laughs> and he what? retired in seven or 1975 and died in 1983 at the age of 89. He didn't even get like 10 years of retirement? Nope. I hope he, he was, was like really passionate, I guess. So. I guess. Um. So wow. in 1929, this is like kind of cool. Uh, Ripley discovered that the Star-Spangled Banner was never actually formally adopted as the country's national anthem. Um, and it had just been an assumed fact, but never confirmed. Huh. Um, and there was literal outrage from the public about this, and it led to five million people signing a petition that was forwarded to Congress who finally recognized the song in an official capacity by introducing a bill President Herbert Hoover signed into law in 1931. Oh, my goodness. Don't mess with Americans' patriotism. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, they found it out through his comic strip. That's, like, how the public found out about it. Wow. Yeah. Um, So, in 1929, there was a book public publicized that compiled both new and original (laughs) strips um and after that ripley was like he was the one everyone wanted him um and a newspaper dude i don't know what a magnet is but that's what it says a newspaper magnet william randolph hearst hired him for his king features syndicate label at a salary of 1200 plus profit sharing which amounted to over a hundred thousand dollars a year. In what in what year? Uh this is following nineteen twenty nine. Oh. Um, so you know, not wow. a long time after that. Um, so radio shows, books and lectures added to the total, and he was earning over five hundred thousand dollars annually in the thirties at the height of the Great Depression. Wow. Five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> In that time, I I think that's what this is. Well, um, well, still, I mean, in 1936, a newspaper poll poll found that Ripley was more popular among Americans than actor James Cagney, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, or aviator Charles Lindbergh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say is just wow over and over again. <laughs> I, I, it, this is like, believe it or not. Yeah, I've never, literally, like, I've never heard of this. No, same. never, never, ever. Never talked about him at all yeah. in any history class. Never has been mentioned to me. Never. Yeah. That's why we're doing this podcast. So, Ripley was himself a bit of an anomaly. Um, and while researching the 1940 profile of Ripley for The New Yorker, writer Jeffrey T. Hellman jotted down several various observations. Not that that was me saying wrong English. Several, nope. Writing down various observations in his notebook. Um, among them, Ripley was found to be working in only his bathrobe and wearing his dead mother's wedding ring. He owned a fish that could only swim backwards, a shrunken head from Tibet. And a will pee pee. What? <laughs> uh, what? Yep. He could not drive. I like. I literally was like, after you said he works like in his bathroom, I was like, I can relate to that. And then it just kept getting weirder. You're like, uh, nope, cannot relate to that. I was so, like, oh, never mind. <laughs> he could not drive, and he seemingly amassed a number of women from around the world to live with him. Um, in what might be described as a harem. I mean, get it. <laughs> and his housekeeper is stated in saying that the most unusual thing in the house is Mr. Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so the next thing <laughs> is like scandalous. Pe- so, you know, Charles Schulz, the Peanuts creator? Yep. So, his first peanut strip 
uh or like before he like did anything with peanuts he started out working on ripley strip Um, really yep Whoa. So in 1937, when Scholz was 15, he submitted artwork featuring his dog Spike, claiming that the canine could eat unappetizing fare like pins and tacks. The strip credited Schultz as Sparky, his nickname apparently, um, and Spike also bore a passing resemblance... Wait. Oh, this... Spike also bore a passing resemblance to another more well-known pet, Char- Charlie Brown's pet Snoopy. Okay. So, like, he did, like, an illustration of, like, his dog and apparently kind of looked like Snoopy. All right. So, in 1933, Ripley displayed some of his more sensational artifacts for crowds at the Century of Progress World's Fair in Chicago. Um, the exhibit had human marvels, including a live demonstration of a man who could blow smoke out of his eyes and another who could turn his head 180 degrees. Um, and But this was like a temporary location. And the permanent location debuted in New York in 1939. Since then, a number of Ripley auditoriums, like O-D-D-I-T-O-R-I-U-M-S. Oh, auditoriums. Auditoriums have opened in San Francisco, Ontario, and Baltimore. And there are currently over 30 locations in 10 countries worldwide. Wow. Wow. That's the blowing smoke out of the eyes thing reminded me of, like, my weird eye thing that I had. Did I ever tell you about that? No. I have, like, one time I, like, blew my nose, I think, like, too hard or something. And I, like, blew open, like, my tear duct. What? And so it's just, like, this was, like, years ago. Like, probably, like high school maybe and so it's just like more open than it should be I guess and like some like I have definitely like blown air out of it before and like I didn't know that when I possible. cry sometimes like it makes like sounds <laughs> that's really funny sometimes my eyes just leak but I don't know why but that's really weird yeah. air coming out of your eyes well put me in Ripley's believe it or not do you remember when I got a paper cut on my eyeball? That was fun. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> so I remember that text message. <laughs> I got out of an exam for it. So go oh my gosh. Um. So many people recognize Ripley's brand from a series of television shows. Um. And Ripley himself was the host of the first iteration, which debuted in 1949 to great success. And while taping his 13th show, the cartoonist suddenly fell over on his desk, dead of an apparent heart attack. What? But the show's topic? The history of the military funeral anthem taps. Yeah, he just like, died. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you have it. That's the whole up. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so let's get into some of the stuff from the Ripley's Believe It or Not book. So, this book is a special edition from 2013. So, 10 years ago. Oh, my. This book came out. Oh, my gosh. So, this is going to be interesting. Um, I think. I thought it was I like briefly skimmed through and like picked out like some of my favorite things but I'm sure if I like read through it again I would find like more information um so the first one we're gonna look at is um we're gonna look at it's a in in the category tiny tasks um micro painter Jin Yin Hua has chosen a single human hair just half an inch long as his canvas for this lineup of presidential portraits the chinese artist has illustrated 42 u.s presidents from george washington to george w bush using a single rabbit hair as a pin paint brush and they show no that's not real they show the those are the paintings they look kind of scary yeah Um, (laughs) but on a single strand of human hair that takes so much patience. Patience I do not have. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. 
So <laughs> this next one is, there's two, um, in time trials. Um, and so the first one is, this is so funny to me. Morning workouts are a way of life for retired people in China. So a senior exercising in a public park wouldn't normally draw a second glance. However, forgive me for how I say this. How do you say XU? Zoo? XU? Um, Chu? Skew? <laughs> I think it's zoo. That's what I'm going to go with. Zhu Tiancheng always attracts a crowd. Zhu has practiced kung fu for 30 years and spending 30 minutes balanced on top of his head on or balanced on his head on top of a nail as part of his regular morning routine. There he is. Balancing oh on top of a nail. Ow. Yeah. Um the next one is a human buoy. Oh gosh. <laughs> SC Nagananda Swami from India was already a dedicated swimmer when he read about the technique aqua trance. This normally involves floating horizontally, but Mr. Nagananda Swami was determined to master the skill vertically. He practiced yoga and experimented in local wells and ponds until he received, sorry, achieved his goal of floating vertically without moving his limbs. For 22 hours. What? In 20 foot Why? Water. Why? What? I don't know. What did he get for that? <laughs> he made it into the Ripley's Believe It or I Not I guess. Book. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, this next one is in Sporting Chance. I, I don't know if it's really important to tell you this, but it is. I mean, like, the, the title of where it comes from. Okay. So this one's titled Fruitful Experience. Ashrita Furman from New York has an unusual list of achievements, including walking for more than 80 miles with a milk bottle on his head. But he considers pushing an orange along the ground with his nose for a mile one of his most rewarding experiences. A mile? Yep. He performed this extraordinary feat in 24 minutes, 36 seconds at JFK Airport. Much to the amazement of stunned passengers. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> he pushing it with his face. Like, just, like, on his hands and knees? Like, I feel yep. like that would hurt. Like, that would be, like, that would be sore. <laughs> also, wide orange. Why are we pushing an orange? <laughs> Can you imagine just... I don't know. Someone... I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> People are so weird. Yeah, well, this is about to get weirder. Oh. Um, it's called No Spring Chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Les and Beryl Laley got married in 1956, one of their gifts was a food hamper containing a cooked chicken in a tin. The Laleys put the chicken away in a cupboard and Les promised that he would eat it on their 50th wedding anniversary. What? He bit into the chicken in 2006, declaring it was quite tasty, but a bit salty. <laughs> Ew! So nasty. Ew! Ew! What? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just reporting. I'm How about just, you just stick with like a cake or something? Yeah, on your first like wedding anniversary, like a normal person. But no, that's that's something else. So, oh, I think you'll like this one. It's right on track with what we were talking about before we started officially. Um, this one's called Strange Sense. Which kind of sense? Please hold, I'll tell you right now. Oh. In keeping with the vampire craze. (gasps) (laughs) What? You don't even know where this is going. Vampires. An Italian company has launched a range of blood-scented perfumes. (laughs) The scents named A, B, A, B, and O after the various blood That's awesome. All have a metallic tint inspired by the red stuff. Alternatively, if you prefer a more familiar smell, why not try a spritz of bacon-scented fragrance from a Chicago-based perfume company? That's what Jaeger wants me to wear, is the bacon-scented. The bacon, yeah. Uh, so funny. Yeah. Why am I, like, so obsessed with vampires right now? 
literally like reading I books. Just, well, listen, we and then when I'm not reading vampires, literally. But like I'm literally like re like I'm watching through Vampire Diaries. Oh my gosh, I love that show. Like daily, like it's love. This that is like the show. second time. The first time I stopped like at towards the end of the third season for whatever reason because like now when I rewatch it, I'm like, this is so good. Like I don't know why I stopped watching it. Yeah, and I literally watched the season three finale today, and I like cried. I was like, it was on my lunch break, and I was. Are just, you like, team da- Damon or team Stefan? Stephen Stefan. I don't know if I can answer that. Okay, I don't know. Anyways, real I don't I that doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. Literally, like Tell me that later. episode like killed me. I was literally just like bawling on my lunch break, like. But yeah, so when I'm not reading about vampires, I'm watching Vampire Diaries, and, and you vice versa to our episode about vampires. That is true too. Yep. Okay. I well, I'm saying Sorry. you, and our audience, not you. I mean, <laughs> yes, you could as well. Maybe I'll okay. Agree. So, this one is called Revealing Dress. <laughs> There's no hiding your true feelings in the boobell dress, which changes color according to your mood. The <laughs> inner layer of the dress contains biometric sensors that pick up a person's emotion and projects them as colors onto the outer layer. <gasps> Wait, do you remember? This reminds me. When was it? Do you remember when people had the, like, thermal shirts thermal shirts well i don't know it would like you know okay first of all you know like the pencils where like if you yeah yeah like it changes color yeah my nails my nails right now they're thermal yeah yeah but they would like they had shirts like that like what yeah like i remember people wearing them in school but then like it ended up being a really bad idea because like it got warm like (laughs) in all the wrong areas and then like you're (laughs) yeah just like i don't know it was just really weird like it like it was a really short trend but like i swear this so that was like a fever dream i'm pretty sure it was a fever dream if it was true so i'm like (laughs) while you look that up i'm gonna tell you the next one it's called now you see it is that a thing is it a thing yeah find it i'm like trying to find like a good example so this one is called now you see it um and i thought this i was like this is this is wild i was like i want i want this in my life okay so sarah and philip marsh fell in love with coom trechard as soon as they saw it the early 20th century house in southern england had hardly changed since its elderly owner had moved in 50 years earlier shortly after buying the property they discovered a disappearing wall that slides down into the floor Although it has not been lowered for decades, the mechanism still works perfectly. That sounds creepy. They show, like, a picture, too. Like, a progression of it. And it's, like, the wall, like, slides. It, like, fits right into the floor. Hmm. All yeah. right. Yeah, I know. It's like, I want that in my house. That sounds kind of cool and wild. <laughs> also, how do you discover that? How are you just like, hmm, I wonder if this wall comes down? Literally, I... <laughs> don't know (laughs) so a chicken farmer from xiamen china came up with a novel way to stop roosters from fighting zhang ziaulong we are so good at pronunciations today (laughs) so good at pronunciations was losing up just wait there's one that i have to say that's like very long um was losing up to 10 birds a day in fights so he equipped his flock with glasses (laughs) unlike most spectacles instead of helping the birds to see they stop them from looking straight ahead so they can't make eye contact with another and start a fight this idea wasn't new however a 1951 british pathé newsreel featured chickens wearing spectacles calling them a cure for henpecks okay like where did they get these tiny chicken glasses they look like they're like 3d printed or something it's so it's they have like, their side view, but not like their front. Yeah, it's it like sits in front, like oh, on their beak. It's kind of like bl- like blinder. Yeah, thing. but like front blinders, not side blinders. Yeah, chicken goggles. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. So, Craig Grant didn't even like cats when his son moved out of their home and left his cat behind. 
But when the cat gave birth to kittens and Craig's feline family grew, he decided to build a more suitable home from them and founded Caboodle Ranch in Florida. It's a 30-acre sanctuary with cat-sized buildings, including a city hall and police station, and is now home to 660 cats as of oh 2013. Um, and Craig has since become a confirmed cat lover. Hmm. What is it called? Cat Boodle? Caboodle. Caboodle? Yeah, Caboodle. In Florida? Yep. Cat sanctuary in Florida. All right. This is the one I'm not excited to read. I mean, it's exciting, but I'm not excited to pronounce it all for you. Okay. Pablo Picasso's full name has 122 letters. What? His name is not just Pablo Picasso. It is Pablo Diego Jose Francisco de Paula Juan Nepomenseño Maria de los Remedios Cipriano de la Santísima Trinidad, Martyr Patricio, Clito Ruiz y Picasso. Wow. Also, um, I have bad news about Caboodle Ranch. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, In, no. Assuming this is the same thing. Was it called Caboodle Ranch? Yeah. In 2014, so like not. <laughs> A year after this book was. Okay, continue. They they were court ordered to shut down. <clears throat> Wait, that's so funny. Um, the court found out about I guess, it Ripley's, believe it or not. So, <laughs> I don't know. So they, I guess they only they had forty five animals that were illegally there, but they had to like liquidate all their assets, cease all expenditures, literally like stop doing everything. I don't really know what. Um so funny yeah but they're they they're they're no longer there <laughs> um well speaking of eggs oh wait just kidding <laughs> i thought we were talking about chickens in my mind i was like this is a great transition um well but speaking of eggs each spring <laughs> the air of uh Dongyang, china fills with a foul stench as eggs are boiled in the urine of young boys which what? is collected from nearby schools. <laughs> the Tongzidan small boy eggs have been a favorite street food in the eastern Chinese city for thousands food? of years. And local chefs food. are hoping that this special treat could soon become a popular treat around the world. <laughs> Lovers of the delicacy claim that the eggs stop fevers and help you concentrate if you're feeling sluggish or sleepy. They're boiled uh, in human urine? Yep. Oh, so, so you can nasty. make it at home. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Why would you say that? That is so... What? Who was the first person to think to do that? And why? I don't know. They're like, why settle for plain water when you can have urine? You could literally have done know. it in any other liquid. Yeah, that's so. It's the fact so that they like collected at the school though. They're like, like mm. they have like collection day. Like, they're like, all right, young boys. Like, what <laughs> makes me very uncomfortable. So I'm gonna move on. Um, we're gonna talk about tattoos. 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 Um. So born in 1909, Betty Broadbent became one of the most famous tattooed ladies in American history. Betty Broadbent. Betty Broad. What's the name? <clears throat> um, a woman with tattoos was an unusual spectacle at the time, and Betty traveled for more than 40 years with all the leading circus shows where her good looks and sweet personality won the hearts of audiences around the world. She got into the circus just for having tattoos? Yep. All right. <laughs> in the 1930s, Different times. in the Ringling Brothers Circus, Lady Viola had an all-body tattoo that included portraits of six u.s presidents across her chest the mm. capital decorated her back the statue of liberty and rock of ages decorated her legs oh in the That's... 1930s yeah um in the i don't late... even know what to say that. <laughs> in the patriotism patriotism 
In the I late nineteenth and early twentieth century, it was fashionable for aristocrat aristocrats, including women, to be tattooed. Winston Churchill's mother, Lady Randolph Churchill, had a snake tattooed on her wrist. Hmm. This one is modern. like perhaps the most disturbing one to me, but also very interesting. The ancient oh. Greeks made a habit of tattooing the foreheads of their slaves with messages such as "Stop me, I'm a runaway." <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. So this one's Yikes. called Human Owl. Human. Oh no. Um, so Martin Joe Lorello entertained large crowds at Ripley's auditoriums. <laughs> auditoriums. And they mentioned this in like the first article I read. Um, during the 1930s, with his ability to turn his head from back to front, and he was known as the man with the revolving head. Um, so he was a sideshow performer that was born with a twisted spine that allowed him to walk forward while facing backward. And when his head was turned, his spine formed the shape of a question mark. So, you know, not as cool as my S-shaped back, but <laughs> it's still up there. I feel like I have to, like, test how far my neck can turn out i the picture is really gross i know it has his toes pointing the wrong direction and his hands also pointing the wrong direction because his head is pointing the wrong direction Uh, gross so a restaurant in miami florida was named hole in the wall because although it was 52 feet long it was just 50 inches wide what? It was a diner which sold hamburgers and sandwiches back in 1948. It was squeezed between two stores and was barely wider than the doorway. How? How do you even walk around and, like, serve? How? I don't know. That sounds like a horrible idea. I don't know. I doubt they made it very long, to be honest. I'd be surprised. Yeah. I don't know. Where do you put your kitchen? there's a lot of questions that are unanswered so (laughs) so many this one's called i'm stuffed and you'll see why oh no adele edwards eats cushions like candy (sighs) the florida mom suffers from a rare eating disorder called pika and has consumed the foam from seven couches over the past 21 years this is my strange addiction Yes. yes i've only ever seen one episode and then I was like, I'm never watching this again. It was literally about a person who ate mattresses. So this feels pretty. <laughs> I'm like, I feel I'm bad. Hard. Like, why? Why is that something? But the fact that they named it, I'm stuffed. <laughs> I'm sorry. So this I... one's called. This one's called dead interesting. Oh. <laughs> so when American inventor Thomas Edison died in 1931. His last breath is said to have been sealed in a test tube, <laughs> which is now on display at the Henry Ford Museum. Wait, like, in, yeah. So I've probably seen it yeah. when I was like in fifth grade. I know. I we, all, we all went there at some point as kids. I don't remember that, but. <laughs> like, what the heck? Well, I have a question. How did they know, like, <laughs> when he was going to take his last they breath were, like they did were they just keep with the test they, just... they were like they were like here do it and he was like and they were like yes well like, like did they like have to do it a few times like oh that's not your actual last one like and then... <laughs> that's what i'm saying oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's <laughs> yeah why <laughs> um i don't know so I now I'm like I need to go back and see it. I want to see that one. I want. I've been wanting to go back to the museum. Let's go. Can we go? Like so badly. That'd be so fun. Yeah, I don't even like remember a lot of it because it was like when I was like eleven I, or whatever. Because because like, I do, at I don't. the at like the 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 whole like place that it's at, not just like that museum. They Greenfield have Village. yeah, Greenfield Village. They have this thing where you can make a candle or they used to and i was always too young yeah. to do it when we went because uh, this is very like awful. yeah we didn't have enough time when there something um but i've always wanted to go back and do it but what happened 
and why we haven't been back yet is because my dad used to play vintage baseball 1860s rules no gloves no fear um that was what my mom always said um and so we used to dress up and reenact and like go to like these different like historical villages around we had like the full regalia and whatever and so we were at this place at greenfield village well he had his like baseball tournament and one of his teammates broke a wooden bat over his leg which is ungentlemanly and so they got kicked out and were never invited back his team (gasps) wait really yeah i didn't know that story yeah wow yeah i definitely want to go back though yeah it'd be so fun it's still a thing i don't think that my mom still has her like we called them our old-fashioned dresses i don't think she still has it otherwise i would like i would throw that thing on i remember there was like a really cool like hat shop hat yeah shop and they have like they have like people working in the houses and you know what? That's what yeah. I should do as a job. I should go be a reenactor. I would love that. That'd be so much fun. Oh, yes. That'd be so much fun. Okay. That would be Anyways. <laughs> so, two-year-old Mackenzie Argate needed a liver transplant, and the only option was to give her an adult liver. But its size meant that it was pressing against vital arteries. How old so- is she? Two. Oh, so her Australian surgeon came up with a novel solution and asked his wife to buy some ping pong balls. He then inserted one between the new liver and Mackenzie's arteries to create a barrier, and the ball is expected to stay there for the rest of her life. You just stuck a ping pong ball inside of her? Does it show? I have no clue. There was no, well, like, like... There was nothing. What? Yeah. Why wouldn't they remove it when she's older? I- don't know. So... I don't and I'm like, how does it not like move around? I have so many questions to all of these. So yeah, this one's called like clockwork. So this family, this couple from Manchester, England, had a coincidence because their second daughter was born at 7:43 p.m., which was the same time. That her oldest daughter had arrived at 7.43 a.m. two years earlier. But in January 2011, their son entered the world at 7.43 a.m. What? Which marks a million to one chance. And so the parents had 7.43 tattooed on their arms as a result. That's so bizarre. Yeah. three times i've heard of like kids like and there's like a couple families that have kids that were born on like 11 11 11 and you know a one a 101 yeah or like they're born like on your birthday or something like yeah but like three times for like like pretty much the exact same time Mm. i don't know if i believe that ripley yeah i feel like don't you think it could have been like 741 or something and then they're like they're like oh just wait to let's just push the leg out yeah or just like they or it was a c-section and they were like i they must be removed at 740 right (laughs) um okay so i have here now the guinness world records book from 2022 oh so like the most recent Yes, and so I've I found this page that we're going to read from. Um, I think that I might do another episode with just Guinness World Records so that we can do like the history of it and stuff. But I didn't want to leave you guys in the dust. Um, <laughs> with this one, okay. So this page says each year thousands of people around the world take on an array of challenges in celebration of Guinness World Records Day for 2020, a year like. No other in our history, we turn to remote adjudications to assess as many records as possible in a 24-hour period. Here is a selection of the results from our 24 hours of record-breaking in 2020. And they have it set up as like a a Zoom meeting look. Wait, really? Yeah, I'll show you. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. What about 2021? I don't know. They probably went back to in-person adjudication. Okay, so we have a title of Most bounces, most Bounce Juggles in One Minute with Four Basketballs is 255. 
What most bowling balls held simultaneously? The 16. Fastest time to drink one liter of lemon juice through a straw? <laughs> 16 seconds. Oh my, that would be like a stomach ache. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of liquid, not just like lemon juice, but that's a lot of liquid. 16 seconds lemon through juice? a straw. Like, um, tallest teenager living, which is 222.03 centimeters. But now, it, as of 2022, it's... 226.9 centimeters. Sorry, I'm American. I have to like... Yeah. I don't know what that means either, but I'm like, he looks really tall. 7.4 feet. Wow. So. So, this one's funny. This is the most hula hoop rotations around the bum in three minutes. And it literally has this picture of this chick squatting and the hula hoop is like vertical over her butt, like behind her knees. What? And it's 400 in three minutes. Dang. Fastest 100 meter solving a rotation puzzle cube. So it's a Rubik's cube while someone is running 100 meters. And it is 20.91 seconds. (laughs) You can really come up with anything to do and just like, no. What? Um, this one is... Most bottle caps removed with the head in one minute. So this is removing bottle caps using your head somehow. I don't understand that one, but it's 68, which is more than one per second. Yeah. What? How? I need to, like, see this to believe it. Um, so this one, I'm like, why, some of these, I'm like, why do these exist, you know, as a record? Mm-hmm. Like, the most arrows broken with the neck in one minute, and it's 31. Arrows broken with the neck? Yep. Who, how do you discover a talent like this? I don't know. This one, I'm like, this one I don't understand either. This one is most dice caught in 30 seconds while blindfolded with a team of two. And so they're tossing the di- the dice back and forth. But they're blindfolded and they're catching it, and it's uh 45. Oh wow. This one is hilarious to me. Fastest time to build a 10 toilet roll pyramid. <laughs> so a sta- a pyramid made out of toilet paper rolls is 3.66 seconds. What? Yeah. Uh <laughs> This one's also funny. Most vehicle logos identified in one minute. 99. I didn't even know there were... How do you... How how do you do that that fast? That's not real. What? This one is the most clothespins on a beard. And that is 359. How big was the beard? It looks pretty large. (laughs) uh longest duration on inline skates while spinning three hula hoops six minutes seven seconds all right um most hula hoop rotations around the foot while laying down in 30 seconds and that is 136 i feel like i could work on that one yeah yeah for (laughs) sure Most juggling catches on a unicycle while blindfolded, 436. Oh, no, sorry, 463. Um, I don't know what that is. Largest magnet sentence, which I'm like, hold on. We all need to chill out on this one. What the heck? It is five, oh, sorry, 50,102 magnets. What was that? Largest magnet sentence. Magnet sentence? Yep. What does that mean? I don't know. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Most billiard balls held in one hand? 16. What? No. Yes. Like, stack? How? Uh, What? Yeah. They're like, and it's in, 
it's that's heavy. Yeah. Uh, heaviest weight lifted with the little fingers. So for those of us who are American, are pinky fingers. Um, one hundred and five point six seven kilograms. Most drink cans placed on the body using air suction. What? That's so weird. Um, that one is twenty. All right. Most nuts crushed by sitting down in one minute. By sitting down, like sitting on them, or like, <laughs> wait, um, what nuts are we talking about? Here? <laughs> yes, it's like a it's a row of like walnuts, and oh. you, you sit down on. Them. <laughs> it's one hundred and twenty-two. <laughs> um, and I- most magic tricks underwater in three minutes. Twenty. I what? Yep. Oh, this one's this one's kind of funny. Farthest distance walking barefoot on Lego bricks. Oh. Three point eight eight six meters. Oh, that's not that far. Um, and now because it's been beaten since then, where is it? It has like a little thing that says it's been beaten. Maybe I'm reading the wrong side. Oh, now it is 8.355 meters. I could do better. That's, okay. the, that's the one I'm going to beat. I'm going to train for Submit it. yourself. It's train. I'm yes. going <laughs> to. Fastest time to eat 15 Ferrero Rocher. Mm. Uh, two minutes, things. 1.7 seconds. I think I could beat oh. that one. I feel like that's kind of slow to eat 15. I don't even think I could like. Although, how many seconds? 15, and you do it in two minutes. How many seconds do you get for each one? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's 120 seconds divided by 15. Is that how you do it? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Eight? Eight. How slow are we eating? I'm just kidding. I don't think I could do that. Um, so. Wait. What? I don't even, never mind. Just, I can't math. I, I don't know. Most cartwheels <laughs> on roller skates in one minute is 30. Ooh, that sounds difficult and painful. I don't know what this means. Most soccer penalties taken in 24 hours. Individual, 7,876. Also, I was wrong. The Lego walking distance, because I read that comma as a period, it's 3,886 meters. Oh. I was like, that's nothing. And it was beat to be 8,355 meters. That's my bad. Okay. (laughs) I was like, literally, I probably wouldn't even have to train for that. Yeah. Okay. That Um, makes a lot more sense. Yes, it does. So then this one is the oldest person to paraglide tandem. And he was 105 years, 58 days old. Wow. Could you imagine, like, just, like, you decide that you're just going to jump out of the a plane at that age, at any age, honestly? Yeah, literally, I was like, I don't even yeah. know if I would want to do that at the ripe age of almost 23. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm going to come back to this because I did not have a chance to, like, flip through this whole book. But I thought this page was kind of funny because some of the records just sound so stupid to me. Um, Just, like, the lemon juice one. I'm like, what, yeah, the, like, what the heck kind of record is that? I don't even know. Who thinks of that? Who's like, hmm, no one has has recorded who the fastest drinker of lemon juicer is. Let me do that one. Yep. But <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. About lime juice. Maybe that's what I'll do. Lime juice. There you go. It's a lot of like acid in your stomach though. And like get... down your throat. Like that yeah. will hurt. Like that'll get, hurt. like your stomach pumped after that. What about acid reflux? Like seriously. Wonder how that guy's doing now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how you get an ulcer. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know the. These books are super interesting. I remember reading them a lot as a kid, 
Yeah. But they're also kind of funny to read now because, like, they're set up like a yearbook. And I'm, like, traumatized from being on my school's yearbook. I can't imagine, like, how long it took to, like, compile all the pictures and yeah, information and, like, everything. And, like, fact check everything. and Yeah. Yeah. And, like, goodness gracious. It definitely you, made you would me never like... run out of material. Right. But you have to, like, keep track of it all somehow. So. Yeah. Maybe for my next episode, I'll talk about Guinness World Records and talk about the history behind how it came about. Could be really yeah. interesting. It definitely made me want to, like, go check out the book and You can check one out from each library. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> be so fun. So funky fresh. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Yeah, well... This has been your smattering of fact, guys. Have a great week. Follow us on Instagram at smatter effect. And see you next week. Yep. You'll hear from us next week. Hear you. Not see you. (laughs) You never get to see us. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.